What's up, hobby friends, and welcome back to Paint Bravely, the podcast where you can find a little bit of encouragement, discover new ways to make your hobby more fun, and most importantly, learn to paint bravely. Now, we got a lot of good hobby stuff to talk about, some different types of miniatures, different types of games, a lot of stuff going on. So why don't we jump right into it by seeing uh, what what Brent's been up to in the last couple of weeks for some hobby. Uh, da, 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 frameworks update. News. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> frameworks update. All right, here's the deal, Internet. Uh, frameworks was supposed to be the next new big thing from Dungeons and Dragons plastic miniatures to get all those D&D nerds into being painting nerds, and it was they were the chosen one and that screwed it up. So, and I went all out trying to hype this up, and nobody followed me down that pathway. And so, this is what you get: periodic framework updates on uh, Paint Bravely the podcast, where you can learn to paint bravely and try some new things. And well, I got a drider here. This is where we're going with this. So, uh, mm-hmm. WizKids does have, in my opinion, the best like one single box learn to paint kits that are out there right now. So they've got these mm-hmm. kits called Paint Night Kits that are normally a Nolzer's Mini, like a like a larger monster of some kind. They have 12 little special pots of Vallejo, I don't know if it's game color or model color. Probably, probably game color, but... Yeah, yeah. it, it, it seems a little way. glossy. Like I, I, I'm feeling like I'm remembering names that were more model color, but it was a little more glossy, so if they could game color, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, it was like... Pretty good Vallejo paints. <laughs> yeah. And two brushes, and then there's, you know, the plastic in there they can use for a little palette or whatever. But in terms of being a single box, this is literally everything you need to paint. I think it's the best one on the market. It's like, it's $25 if it doesn't have some crazy discount going on. Um, and I know that the my local store, Crossroad Games, will periodically have paint night <clears throat> events where you show up you get one of these mm-hmm. kids you, you hang around for a few hours and you paint up a, a nolzer's monster cool 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 um and anyway a few months back i did a i did a red slad and that was that was pretty good yeah because the you know the nolzers are normally like one piece miniatures by the time you get them and they're pre-primed and and ready to go the fact that they're a monster means they're big enough so that the the cheap brush and the kit works pretty well cool (laughs) yeah it doesn't have to be super pointy it's not tiny tiny little details everywhere you can kind of slap paint on and have a good time see if you even like you know the whole painting models yeah yeah and serious praise i think that's the best box on the market i am hopeful that other companies will step up their game and and try to do something similar but for now paint night kits from WizKids, awesome they WizKids did do a variant of that where they swapped out mm-hmm. the nolzer's miniature and they put in some sprues for frameworks and i think the first and so far only kit that they've done is the drider so hmm. now now for all yeah you might want to explain what that is because i i do not know what a drider is like it sounds like spider that's a good but sounds like that's a good point else. um the folks who don't know who drizz de Erden is might not know what a drider is i feel like those and we know there's yeah. lots of those mm-hmm. 
that Venn diagram of Drisdor knowledge and Dryder knowledge, that's a circle. Like if you... <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's a solid single circle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Although that me saying that kind of disproves that, right? Like I know who Drist is. I've read books. I literally don't know what a Dryder is. So there you go. Take that. The first two <laughs> letters are the first two letters of drow. So dr. Okay. See, I almost said drow. And Eider is the last Eider in spider. So, so dr- you, you, you swap out SP for DR, you got a drider spider. So it is half drow, half spider. It is like the minotaur of drows and spiders. Yeah. Uh, see, yeah, I, I guess I could have yeah, guessed yeah, that. Yeah. I, I almost I almost did, but I didn't want to sound yeah. stupid. Yeah. Be like, dr- dr- like drow? Like, it, no. Right, that, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, first off, it is a multi-part kit. It's got a couple bits for the the body, couple bits for the you know torso and head and weapons, and then of course you got eight legs because it is a it is a spider under all that drow. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so everybody else at this table, like I I went to Crossroad Games to do a to do a painting event, and one of the guys, my, my guy Jeff, was like, "Hey, we gotta." We got a drider out back. Do you want me to grab that for you? We check out the drider kit. Yeah, give, give me that drider kit because yeah. I I wasn't feeling the big eyeball thing that a bunch of other people were doing. You give me that drider kit. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The beholder. Mm-hmm. It actually wasn't. <laughs> Crap. See, now I just look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it like it was it. a beholder. It was a giant eye, and then a lot of stalks of little eyes. But it it's was called like the something other else, version like of a, that. Like a haunting eye, or uh, doesn't matter. It, it don't matter. Stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> You're just striking out on your D and D knowledge today, aren't you, Casey? Well, that's the thing. Like the first one, I almost guessed right. <laughs> and the second one, like, is a beholder, but it's not. Come on, man. Like, that's not fair. Fair enough, but anyway, there were there were a bunch of you know ten, eleven year old kids who were just getting right into their kits and, and painting up these minis, and here I am. Luckily, I had brought some clippers, uh, a knife, and some glue because I spent the first hour and a half putting together my drider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean these frameworks kits have pieces, yeah. they're parts and pieces, and you know that that already seems like a not a great start for like a, a paint and take type of situation um, where like the nosers makes a lot of sense. Right. And I think this box was called paint kit instead of a like paint night kit. Like kind of. Right. So not maybe necessarily designed for that, but right. still leaning towards that. Yeah. But um, like the design of the box, the actual innards of the box, it was the exact same design of the 12 little pots of Alejo paint the kind of the, the the plastic packaging innards of the box was exactly a paint night kit. It's just they swapped out right. the model. Uh, okay, so yes, uh, using the extra tools that I had that were definitely not in the kit, I did put <laughs> together my drider. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> uh, the, the channel Paint to Life uh, did a actually did a little mm-hmm. review on this drider kit from Frameworks, and it's kind of funny. The, the The bulk of the review was just the they had cut off all the legs without realizing that they weren't keyed, 
to to be right. really unambiguous <laughs> Very specific but it did matter yeah. where they go <laughs> the worst right. situation you can find yourself in I've yeah done that so, so leg times. l4 really <laughs> needs to go in socket l4 and if you just right. clip off eight legs and have them all mixed up on your hobby table, it's going to take you a long time to build anything that stands up on its own. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. I suppose it would have to be very specific to to get the the foot to be exactly where it needs to be to like be level, to right. stand up properly. That's another thing. So this model with yeah. the base size that this uh, this model goes with, only three of the legs actually go on the base. And so there are three little little okay, pointy so tips specific. of a spider legs that like are just <laughs> are just barely doing a little a little grip on the outside edge of the circular base here. How how do you even attach that? Is it are are there little like foot things or is it literally the point of the foot? The point of the foot and uh the the model building skills required for this uh, kit do not necessarily line up with the learn to paint nature of this kit, but yeah, right, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's that's why I like to do a little of uh, compliment, severe criticism, and then maybe later on I'll find Sandwich. a compliment. But the the paint night kits, yeah, yeah. whiz kids paint night kits, very nice. This drider should not be a beginner's introduction to any part of this hobby. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, man! Yeah, from from just gluing it right, getting the eight le legs in the right places, getting the three little tips of the legs to to stick to the base. Uh, it's a mm. bit of a tricky one, um, and then of course the the actual choice of the monster for painting is also a little bit silly. So for the red slad, that's just like a big frog guy that has big frog eyes, big frog face, a little smile. And so for for me as a novice painter with these cheap little paintbrushes that come in the kit, yeah, I can paint that frog up to look okay. <laughs> but with yeah. a drider, it is a giant spider body, which has some fun texture on it. There's some, some stuff you can do there. Mm -hmm. But then this tiny little elf head, like, like... Just, just a, poking out among the, top. the smallest heads I've painted for for any like twenty eight millimeter scale mini, like it just just tiny, mm -hmm. and it's got a decent bit of detail on there. Like there are definitely eye sockets and the, and the little orbs of eyeballs. The mouth is okay. open, and like there's a there's a little ridge of teeth in there. That paintbrush included in that kid <laughs> is never going to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> giving him some some teeth looking lipstick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I got an excuse to paint the drider from, from WizKids Frameworks. Again, one of these things that so few people are ever actually going to paint anything from that line. It's, it's sad, but, but we're keeping it alive, Casey. Us here on Paint Bravely, we're keeping the Frameworks <laughs> dream alive. I mean, we basically dedicated an entire episode to a single model kit, you know, from that range. So, yeah, I'd say that that would probably welcome we're, we're to drider talk. This, this thing, uh, we we gotta <laughs> we gotta research talk. this, Casey, and come back strong <laughs> with drider talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about some some dark souls, a little bit of compare and contrast, you know, 
That's that sounds awful. I'm not doing that. <laughs> sounds awful. Um, well, okay. How, at least at least since we can sandwich this back up, you know, there's a little meat in there. Maybe it's gone bad. Um, is the model like? Does it look pretty decent? Because like from what you're holding up that I can see, it, it looks all right. It is a solidly decent model. It's not my best paint job, but uh, there's there's a lot of good texture on it. The pose is pretty cool. The, the head is very tiny, but otherwise pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel I feel yeah, like that's no good. for that's not bad. for a more advanced painter who's into to drow and spiders and the the underdark. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty cool kit. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure and close up that sandwich before we. I appreciate on. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just looking out. Mm-hmm. Um, the other, the other bit of news as far as frameworks goes is that I know they've been recently. I don't, I don't think they've been discontinued, but heavily discounted from most online retailers. Um, I don't know what that means for the line. I'm, I'm guessing not good things. I don't think people are actually buying them, which sucks. I mean, it, it sucks for the for whiz kids, I suppose. It sucks for me because I made like two they, videos uh... trying to hype up this line. You were the chosen <laughs> one, frameworks. You were supposed the to bridge the two worlds. One. Yeah, <laughs> supposed to get D and D players balance. into being mini painters. Yeah. I mean, it's so tough, right? Because I I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of D and D people paint minis, and that's like a big thing. But, like, is the quality what they're actually after? Like, did they do that research and go, yes, this is this is why people aren't painting more minis in D&D. The, you know, the quality is lacking. It's like, is that really the case? Because normally when I see D&D players that paint, they have shelves of stuff. True. Like, True. shelves. And it doesn't seem to be a problem that it's like, oh, you know, it's not painted, like, great. It's fine. It's good enough. Like... For an encounter or something that feels fine. I don't know if I'd want to spend twenty hours on something that's going to get killed in two minutes. Yeah, unless you're planning on <laughs> well, we'll facing a lot we'll of We'll talk dryers. about my dark Eldar <laughs> some other time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll throw that update in next week. <laughs> oh man, I've been painting a, a real tiny face today. That's that's what I've been doing today. Um, so I've been working on a little bit of mini hammer, been printing out a bunch of models. I've got two war bands made up and a bunch of terrain for mini war cry. Cause for some reason, and, and I don't know why, but it's great. Games Workshop decided to release all of the war cry rules, or at least like the, the basics, uh, the basic version of it just to get going and to play and have the cards all for free. Like, you can go to the community page and download all of them. And um, for all of the factions, they have all of the models that are generally included in the books. Like, they're, they're just giving it away, which is great. And yeah. I wonder what they're holding back. I don't know. It seems pretty legit to me. So I decided to, uh, to paint out basically, like, 15 mil models, 15 millimeter models. Mm-hmm. And I've been, like... You know, teeny tiny little faces. Nice today, and that's been pretty pretty good. So, you know, I wonder how small the the faces on that that drider <laughs> comparatively. It's bigger than your fifteen mil, uh, yeah, fifteen millimeter okay. models. Yeah, it is. 
So yeah. so for movement, are you just having everything? Just divide by two? Or or do the do the centimeter to inches trick? I've heard that does work, and then I actually did the math, and it doesn't. Well, it's not. It's not exactly <laughs> like it's two. not it's actually 2. correct. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's like two point five. So at two point five three. I'm pretty sure it's the exact number, but um, so yeah, you have to do that. But um, no, what I actually did this time is I scaled everything down by a certain percentage, including the uh, the measurer. So the board is half the size. The measurement tool is half the size. There you go. That That's all I did. There yeah. you go. So now everything's just in scale. And I mean, this is probably 50%. So an inch is half an inch now. Okay. But I can still use this and use all of the cards to measure everything. So you're measuring in tiny inches. You're, that's your units. Is, yeah. Is that's my units. Tiny, tiny inches. inches. Yeah. <laughs> Like, because it doesn't matter as long as you're, as you have, as long as you have a measuring tool yeah. that is in scale. Yeah, it's if all you good. just shrink down your you ruler, know. yeah, then now you measure in tiny inches. Yeah. yeah. Well, because all the cards don't say inches, they just give you a okay. number. It's three, okay. four, okay. five. So it's like, okay, three of whatever this is. Yeah. Well, that works. Is now your movement. So, uh, yeah. So I've been, I've been shrinking a lot of stuff down. I found some really, good easy ways to print things out that like have actually made 3d printing kind of fun uh, a lot less failures um basically filling the entire tray of my printer and having it come out i mean printing tiny models out almost guarantees success because mm-hmm. there's just not a lot to print right uh so things don't get heavy you can use light supports on everything so everything just like comes right off of the supports you barely have to do anything. Yeah. So it's just been like a kind of cool experience, I suppose, with bridging these two games and worlds and stuff. Nice. Um, yeah, a lot of tiny faces, little, little tiny Stormcast dudes, you know, little multi-part kits, which I think is pretty fascinating. You can print out full-size models in a smaller scale, support them kind of just by clicking the support this thing button. And because they're so small, you're really not going to have any issues. So I, I did like a, what is it, 11 different Stormcast models. And they have Stormcast heads. Um, and they're, they're all multi-part, like arms and shields and swords and all sorts of stuff. And they go together like pretty cool. So I'm making a video about that because it's just been a, it's been a good time. And I think people need to know. No, that does sound fun. It sounds fresh and interesting. You're going to tell people how to paint those tiny faces. And, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, hey, putting out the rules for free is a good move. And uh, I'm not going to say otherwise. That's that's great. Yeah, give that give that a little bit of free hype because they deserve it for that. That's Yeah, yeah I mean, it's for, for probably one of their best games, yeah. too. Just like as a, as a game that you can pick up and play and learn in, like, literally 10 minutes... I mean, it's not a hard game, but there's a lot of fun stuff in it. So, yeah, you you don't even really have to read that many rules. Like, there's like a little page that's like, here's the turn order, here's how to get started, and that's about it. Yeah. 
give them uh, that positive yeah, reinforcement so even, even you of, could do that. of thank you for the <laughs> yeah. free rules and here's how to download proxies that look exactly like their minis and print them out <laughs> at whatever scale you want. Give that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a little bit uh, of like a backhanded compliment, those sales. right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like thank you one page rules <laughs> i mean games were mm-hmm. <laughs> i actually did print out the one page rules ruler that's mm. that's what i i did print out they they actually have a whole like uh, uh ruler and um tokens set so i printed those out in a smaller scale and i'm going to be using those but i am finding it a little daunting to paint like i don't know there, there's a lot of little terrain and little pieces and like the tokens especially i printed out like a hundred tokens thinking like oh this is not so bad and it's like that's stupid I, I don't even know how to like stick those down so they don't fly off if i'm trying to paint them it's awful so so i will say you probably didn't need to paint uh, print the tokens tiny i think the tokens can be can be man size you know i mean I, you well, printed no, them small like in, didn't you yeah i printed them small <laughs> <laughs> I printed them tiny, <laughs> but I mean it's it was for um, because so, like when you activate one of your one of your guys, you put a little, little like you've activated this guy token down, you know. So uh, they're tiny. They gotta be tiny. These little these little guys are teeny teeny tiny. You make uh, a good point. I did I did uh figure out a good way to like take supportless or miniatures without supports and like put them on a base and then like export the STL and then support them that way. So all of the bases, they don't have like a stupid elephant's foot or anything. They just print out and they're already on a cool base. Okay. You know? Yeah. Are you doing that in blender or what? Just a lot. Uh, no, actually just in uh light. Okay. Yeah. The slicer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's like my my thinking is I'm gonna go about it like setting up this whole thing because you could do it with regular size models too, but setting it all up so that it's basically done when you hit print. You just have to take them off and paint them. So that's the idea. Yeah. No. Uh, one of the cool things about 3D printing is that uh, there is less assembly a lot of times. Yeah. The yeah. The limitations of what a printer can do are very different from what a two-part mold can do. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. Last time I was showing off that, that raptor being ridden by a dinosaur, holding up like a pistol in one hand and a club in the other and yelling at the sky. And yeah. right. that was one print. <laughs> I mean, I mean, whoever put the supports on had to make sure that they got the supports all at the right angles and stuff and... Which I mean, that, that's a whole which skill on its own. Not yeah. easy, and I bet there are poses for that, you know, raptor that do not work so well. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, you have to have some supports coming in at some just monstrous angles to make it work. But, um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, no, it's pretty cool when you can just print things out, and yeah, you got to clean off the nubs, but you don't have to glue fifteen pieces together. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I did find that with light supports, um, and maybe it's the scale, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure, but the nubs just aren't there. Like they barely mm-hmm. touch the model. Um, so like I, I dunk them in like pretty hot water 
for you know 30 mm-hmm. seconds and they they just come right off that's no nice issues. when that happens yeah, yeah. it's very satisfying no, the... to like take a, a 3d printout and just just have that kind of like velcro it just rips so right off oh it's so good yeah <laughs> so you've been you've been printing stuff out painting up a lot of Space yeah, crocs. I've been working Still on my space that. crocs from from one page rules here, so I'm I'm getting ready for for an event. Yeah, I've got a I've mm. got a challenge of one page rules. Grim dark future. Star host Saurians. SSH. We're SHS star. Saurian star host. SSH. Yeah. Yeah. Or Saurian star host. Okay. What did you call? I don't know what you call. Saurians in space. Dinosaurs in space. Um. Yeah, which are basically lizard men with lock, rocket launchers in the, in the best way possible. And these models are freaking yes, amazing. Yeah. And I'm really excited about them. <laughs> and um, man, I'm just foreshadowing here, teasing here, but uh, for a possibly related reason, I got a, I got a box of, of Monument Hobbies paints in the mail the other day. And very possibly possibly related, related reason. reason and so I'm, I'm painting these up with a lot of, of monument <laughs> hobbies paints and uh, i'm going to give a shout out to now write this down folks <clears throat> mm. bright neutral gray okay so <laughs> mm. yes um one of the nice things about the pro acryl paints is that they're all named reasonable things blue yeah purple like sky blue is the most whimsical name in there uh right or or, or jade yeah everything else is just a very i I don't know if technical is the right word but it's descriptive and useful uh uh, yeah it's just appropriate like it is what it is i mean i guess you have to know what the word burgundy means to to find the, the the burgundy paint but other than that yeah you don't have to. You don't have to but know like who Corn is or Slanesh. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to know what what color yes, it, a wizard's orb would be. You don't have to know what color a sorcerer's cloak right. would be. Like it's all. It's all very intuitive. <laughs> Goblin green. Yeah. You can guess. To I a do degree, like that about but... that paint range. I think green is just green, isn't it? Yeah, they've they've got I mean, a green, but they also have. Like a camo green, dark camo green. Camo green maybe is the the most esoteric. Yeah. Camo green because it's it is that like darker I mean you call it like right. olive, it, it's right? what I think of as green. an army green. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but actual green? Mm-hmm. Just green. Just says green yep. right on the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do like that. But yeah, as, as I was testing around here, so I want to do some bright colors on the scales and then have kind of an off-white armor for these for these lizards. And... Mm, bone armor, huh? Sort of, sort of. Uh, not not a okay. warm gray, but a neutral gray. A bright, a bright right, neutral, a neutral gray. gray. I see. Yeah. That makes perfect but, sense. But uh, yeah, no... Uh, <laughs> Painting white and off-white is, is obviously tricky, and sometimes it takes a lot of layers, and it can be chalky, and just kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. So I was a little bit leery about my strategy of just spray paint the lizard's bright color, and then try to paint on a white armor after that. That could have had a very high failure rate, but 
here here comes along this uh bright neutral gray that i don't want to say one coat coverage but like one and a half coat coverage covers covers that right yeah. up smooth it's um i mean yeah it's a gray but it is a it is a light gray and it kind of presents as white most of the time so yeah, yeah. oh i'm sure yeah just <clears throat> you know if you don't have any other white on the model i i mean i almost always use like a bright ivory you know or yeah like a, a bright gray like I, I have bright warm gray yeah i use that a lot um and it yeah it just looks yep. like white yep, 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 yep. like you can't tell um and i mean if we, if we were just using white gray from craft smart we would not get that that nice smooth coverage i tell you what yeah <laughs> No, no, that that might uh, might have ruined your models. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, now there's there's definitely still a few paints in that line that are just like thinner than I would want them to be. Like I I like the the ritual of thinning my paints down a little bit as I use them, um, whereas a lot of the mm-hmm. stuff from from Monument Hobbies is already like perfect right where it should be to actually use or, or very close at least. So. Um, yeah, but, yeah, man. There's there's uh there's definitely a few bottles in that set that are doing exactly what I need them to do. That are gonna make this uh this mm-hmm. lizard army nice and easy. So, I I bought myself a treat. I I went out and I bought myself another steel vertical nail polish rack. So just just like the mm-hmm. the two identical to the two behind me here, and. I yeah. found a way to mount it onto my desk. I got some zip ties out, some big black <laughs> zip ties out, and I got I secured it nice yeah. and nice and solid on my on it's my tight. left hand side. So, like the the left edge of my desk is now just a a vertical black nail polish rack with a lot of Monument Hobbies paints in there, a little bit of Reaper paints in there too. We'll we'll see what other knickknacks I fill in the gaps mm. with, but. Uh, sure sure i i hadn't realized how how much i needed another paint rack at my desk and and, and actually <laughs> the way i put it in is i i have a, a monitor there for for watching netflix or whatever while i'm painting and i just did the thing where mm-hmm. i turned the landscape monitor to portrait mode which at, which opened up plenty oh, of space wow. just to put a paint rack there and worth a hundred percent and worth. now you have a slightly yeah. smaller screen and, well, that's the yeah. thing i would <laughs> I spent a couple hours like trying to see how small a screen you can you can actually buy in 2022, and the answer is the answer is 21 right. and a half inches for like a, a 1080p. Oh, yeah. for a 1080. Yeah, yeah. Companies are still selling like weird smaller resolution things in, in smaller sizes, but uh, yeah. Know. I feel like I made a vow with myself like five years ago never to buy even another 1080p monitor. So I was. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was certainly not going to buy a 1600 by 900 or, or whatever they are. Certainly wasn't going to do yeah. that. But in, in the end, I'm just like, no. I mean, you could always go with the by, field monitor. Turn my. <laughs> the monitor I already have here into portrait <laughs> mode that, that opens up enough space for me to put another paint rack in, which is way more useful than than big screen youtube or netflix or whatever so yeah for sure um 
I have, so I, I usually use like a TV as a, a camera monitor because it's, I mean, that's the only thing that I watch YouTube on. I don't watch it on my computer, um, on my phone or any of that stuff. So like generally when I, when I do color grading, it's to a TV, right? Um, which is probably not best practices or anything. I have a nice monitor that works fine, but, um, Shit. I forgot what you I was trying to say. You have a TV on your painting desk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I got it. I got it. I got it. We're good. It's fine. I'm editing this podcast this week. Matt's not. He's he's in Disneyland, so I got it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, I also use a field monitor that can be battery powered oh. or plugged in. Um, and that's HD and you can plug stuff into it, HDMI, whatever. And that's seven inches. Okay. There's an idea. And that works. There's an idea. Just open up room, get another paint rack in there. Hey, you could, I mean, honestly, I think paint racks are more important than having a, a TV like next to your painting station where you're literally not looking at it to do the painting. (laughs) Like I get it because I do it. I you know I watch stuff all the time. Uh, usually just like Bluetooth my AirPods from my computer so I can listen to it and then like you know occasionally look up. Sure. Um, and that's that's pretty immersive while you're painting and everything with headphones in. Um, but yeah, having more paint, I think that's the way to go. I think you should, should look into that field monitor with HDMI inputs. Uh, something small, something good, because they have like 4K monitors and i mean even even greater like six and eight k because they're small so you know just throw it out there that's interesting could be a could be nah, a cause it, I, I just found it weird that i was that i was in a situation where i was trying to buy the smallest 1080p monitor i could so that i could watch my watch my stories while i was painting and <laughs> yeah and and yeah, the anything that was smaller than twenty one and a half inches, it was yeah. Here's here's a resolution from fifteen years ago, and it has a VGA input. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's what they're selling it for. Is people who are still into like old things. They're, they're clearing out a warehouse where somebody made a mistake and put an extra zero on an order form fifteen <laughs> years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. probably true. It is it is amazing to me that like you can still just go and buy a a 720p sure. TV. Right. It's it's weird. It doesn't make any sense. Cuz like who's buying that? I mean there's just got to be a factory somewhere that's still making those those panels and got got to do something with them. Yeah. yeah. There's <laughs> I suppose so. There, there are plenty of people who will go to Target or Walmart or Best Buy and be looking at the wrong stat. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> this thing is 42 inches. It must be great. It's still but, 720. Anyway, uh, Bummer. I, I seriously think my painting station took at least a half step forward just by putting in another paint rack. And I already had, I already had a little paint okay. rack for my little like Vallejo pots. But now I've got uh, now I've got one of these big boys with a lot of Monument Hobby Pro acrylic paints in there. So that's got to add a good half it's, to a full point to your your hobby 
rating. And I didn't I didn't want to assume Scott. I didn't want to brag, but it it might be a full point on the whole. <laughs> oh, you're already rating. you're already yeah. past the the bragging stage and just to being mm. an asshole about it, so it's fine. Like anything you add at this point, it's just assumed. I don't know if I told yeah. you uh, a couple of months ago, uh, maybe one month ago, I did what I had to do. I drove over to Staples. I bought another one of these chairs, <laughs> like these nice office chairs for my, okay, for yeah. my airbrush station uh-huh. downstairs. I was tired <laughs> okay. of sitting in that like wooden kitchen chair and giving my back problems every time I went to do some airbrushing. And now, oh man. But again, that's just that's just bragging about how, how many points my, my hobby setup has. So yeah, that's true. You, you did mention that that you now you purchased an expensive office chair because don't lie, it's it was like they're yeah, expensive it was like no matter what kind of office it was, chair. You yeah, get. it was up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's up there. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. It's not like a ten dollar yeah. wooden chair, right? <laughs> Uh, and and you also said in the same sentence, my airbrush station that's not in the same room that you're currently in, which which then says that there's an entire other space that you have as a hobby area. So so now we're talking multiple mm-hmm. spaces. Mm-hmm. We've gone past the ten mark on this. It's fine. That's good though, because uh, yeah, that nothing nothing's worse than having a real terrible chair. Yeah, and I'm a paint. I'm a hobby guy. I can I can put together a dryer kit, no problem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's fine. Know where the legs are supposed to That's go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> all right. What what else is new with you, Casey? Oh man. Uh, I've also, well, you know, I've been doing a lot of 3D printing, I guess. That's really what's been going on. Because I'm I'm packing up my hobby space, closing shop, and, uh, yeah, but my 3D printers are still up and running. Um, I actually, well, before I get to that, yeah, I did end up getting a house. I got a studio space, so I am packing everything up, and that's been a huge, horrible pain. Um... Because, you know, you're installing paint racks over yeah. there. I'm taking them down. And it it is awful. Like, I, I've been trying to look for paints that's like, in my head, I'm like, I know exactly where these things are. They're within arm's reach. I've got everything I need. No. No, they're gone. Like, I spent like an hour looking for this one particular uh, scale 75 green um, to paint that uh, Kings of War model that I was working on that I sent to you. <laughs> Um, and I literally couldn't find it. I looked for like an hour. It's in a box somewhere. It's gone. Um, so, yeah, because I've been trying to work on this 3D printing stuff, I did leave my 3D printing stuff out. haven't packed that away. Um, and I've been printing out Idols of Torment. That's what I've been printing out. Uh, if you don't know what that is, because nobody's talked about it yet, except for Jeremy over at Black Magic Craft, it's a game that he created. It's a skirmish game, miniature agnostic, but it does come with a bunch of models. Uh, and his Kickstarter for that game starts in, what, a couple days? Something like that. It's so I think by the time this episode goes yeah. up, it'll be there. I'll, I'll include the links if it is up and... Uh, you know, we'll be talking about it. I'm sure. Yeah, the the placeholder page uh, is up on probably Kickstarter. On the next one. Yeah. Okay. Then I'll I'll make sure the link goes in so you can like 
check it out. But yeah, he's put a lot of effort into this. It's been a long time coming. Uh, it's got some really cool models. Um, just kind of kind of a nice, it's like a really dark, you know, black magic craft setting. So if you're into that kind of thing, this is definitely for you. I'm I'm pretty excited. I haven't gotten to painting any of them yet. I've printed out a lot of the models and I've put like primer and a zenithal on everything. So that's as far as I've gotten yeah. so far. Yeah. So so yeah. Idols of Torment, uh Jeremy's it's it's a model agnostic game, but a lot of the models yeah. are available as 3D printable files and some of the models are actually available as polystyrene hips like injection molded yeah that's, that's probably the models. important bit so uh yes um yeah the, the the game is about you're you're a bunch of like evil dudes running around in the echo which is or purgatory or something and there's like these lost souls something. running around <laughs> or something and you gotta you've gotta reap the souls i think is my understand the, the word reap is definitely used as a as a verb is a, yeah. yeah, you're you're throwing all these keywords out. Mm-hmm, I've heard these mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the the lost souls of people wandering around in the echo. Uh, there's a set of eight of those that come on a plastic sprue, and the the people who made that sprue are the same folks who are doing the. Well, the, it's, it's Archon Studio. It's the same folks who do Dungeons and Lasers, yes. and they do the the ramparts. They do, they they are producing for conquest the newer conquest lines um gale force nine actually even army painter has a little set of adventurers that are that have the same looking sprue that says made in poland on it yeah yeah, yeah. made in poland um and so it's it's coming to my realization that archon studios is is making moves they're a they're a big player now um Mm -hmm. and it's just really cool to see jeremy like get an actual sprue made that's that just seems like yeah such a step up like such an achievement to have injection molded minis that are that are your very own and the bottom of these bases say black magic craft on them so congrats to jeremy yeah i mean it's it's a mark that he's he's super serious about this game and that he's invested in it and that he's gonna do what it takes to make it awesome so yeah and and the videos mm-hmm. that I've seen of him, uh, yeah, he's he's clearly in the zone, has the vibe of this game. Supposedly, it's fun. I haven't uh, haven't read the rule book yet because uh, <laughs> that's that's not that takes a lot of work to get me to read that's a rule what book. You do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like I'll paint these a hundred percent. Not reading the book. <laughs> that's fine. I haven't read them either. Um, yeah, I've just been trying to print everything out, like in between packing all this stuff up. So it's like, oh man, I gotta like make sure to get all these done before I have to move everything, and I'm I'm not gonna know where resin is. So yeah, just trying to get that out, out of the way, I suppose. Um, another cool thing, it's kind of along the same lines, is uh, Vince and Uncle Adam, Vince Venturella and Uncle Adam, putting out a new game. And uh, it looks looks pretty interesting. The art style is very like unique. It looks good and uh, colorful. It looks really cool. Um, and I'm actually I'm actually kind What's of excited the name about of the game because it it's okay. I'm getting there. Or you have to I'm, check I'm, your I'm notes. Getting there. No, I, I see it. Space Station Zero. It's right there on the monitor. I had it the whole time. 
<laughs> um, no, I really did. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's it's another like model agnostic skirmish game, which is becoming more and more of a thing that I think people are really getting into because it it is like I have all these models. What am I gonna do with them? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of games out there that we just don't play because they're very specific. You know, if you're playing Warhammer. People are going to look at you funny if you're like, well, I have this 3D printed, you know, space lizard army, right? <laughs> yeah, they're they're going to they're going to wonder what you're trying to do. Um, so, yeah, things like uh, Isles of Torment and Space Station Zero coming out pretty soon look pretty interesting. I'm excited for all of them. Yeah. And uh, I'm really hoping that, that this stuff does well. Yeah. Because, you know, the more hobby stuff coming out of like uh i don't know people that we see often like within the hobby itself a lot of faces that we know just continuing to put stuff out it's just really exciting to me um yeah i mean yeah six months ago mini war gamer dave uh mini war gaming ravage star yeah heck yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and, and for the space station zero i mean this is the second year that what were Vincent and Adam calling themselves Snarling Badger Studios, I think, something like that. Yeah. Some I got think Badger that's in there. Is, yeah. I think it's Snarling Badger. Yeah. Um but yeah, this is the second game Sounds they've right. put out. Last year was Rain in Hell, which I printed out a lot of minis mm-hmm. for and haven't painted yet, but one of these days That's okay. Adam, Vince, <laughs> slow it down. It takes me more than a year to paint anything, yeah. so slow <laughs> yeah. it down. Like if I well, it, it did surprise me. If honestly. I if I print up a, a whole bunch of of roguish spacefaring crew members and go into the space station or whatever that game's about, um, and then next year I have to you know get hardcore into knights or something. Knights or it'll be the old west. That's the next like logical choice, I, right? Yeah. I think they've said like publicly that they have a whole series planned on like a yearly basis, and I'm slow Perfect. it down, slow it down. Like it, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fair. Because I would like to get my rain in hell painted, but if if nobody's even caring about rain in hell now that Space Station Zero's out, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we did we did like go to the the mm-hmm. demo game, and. uh you know, look into that, learn how to play. We didn't actually sit down and, and play, but we, we watched. So I feel like I got something yeah. in there. But yeah, even then, like I haven't I haven't painted anything for that game. I have the book. That's that's about yeah. it. <laughs> um Yeah. Even still, the uh the art style for this game looks really cool and I'm excited to even even just have the book get a nice physical copy of it to to throw in my collection and to pull out every so often see see how it goes and and you were just saying that people are getting more interested in model agnostic games because you can Mm -hmm. paint whatever models seem awesome to you and play a game with your friends where Mm -hmm. your friends are you know using whatever models seem awesome to them from wherever they happen to source those and and yes people are getting more into these games and part of that is because of, of, of our pals Vince and Adam, right? Like, yeah, they they are leaders in making people interested in this stuff, and and not that they're the first ones, mm-hmm. but they are, you know, folks with a 
with an audience and, and, and some power there to, to make that change in the hobby. And I think it's a positive one. And then, of course, Idols of Torment has the option of, here's some models that do go with the game, but it is model agnostic, so do what you want. Um, and yeah, it, it is really cool to, to see that moving along and that becoming more of a, an accepted thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, having that flexibility of not having to lock down a specific set of models or something that's in a specific scale is pretty freeing. And, uh, man, if they're going to put out a game a year, like, I don't know, like maybe we'll have to look into each book, find the like main theme of of, like the thing they're like, Oh, well there's always gangers in this, in this one. Right. Always one of those, regardless of system. Like I'm I'll, I'll build something that I can just kind of put in each one. Like, these are uh, demon gangers. See, Eventually, we will all so, reach a level yeah. of, of our collections where we we have enough. We we have somewhere in our library, yeah. we've got a couple of cowboys there in our library, a couple <laughs> of yeah, real sick shooters. Man, that'll, yeah. be the, that'll be the day. I'll have to tick that one off the, the list, you know, when I get a couple of cowboys in my mini yeah. collection. So something I've been doing... I've been doing it more and more frequently. It's just doing a black base, like not doing any any basing mm-hmm. or anything, but just doing a black base. And I think that has an advantage when we're talking about just being able to mix and match from your collection and, and put together a little crew That's for interesting. Or, mm-hmm. you know, your, your future cowboys. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good point actually. I didn't really think about that. Uh, you know, is it worth separating specific models out to to do that? Like here's here's one take on that. If you don't have like a brilliant idea for what you want to do with a base, maybe that's your excuse just to to leave it as a nice flat black base until you either have an idea or or that comes in really handy when that's going to combine with a lot of other generic minis to to make a a team. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah, so, makes sense. So, so Idols of Torment uh, from Black Magic Craft is model agnostic, but you're printing minis for it, like specifically for it. What team are you going with? Yeah. Um, I I don't know yet. I printed out okay. two different teams, uh, and I wish I knew what they okay. were called right now. Uh, I think I think one of them is the Wretched. Something like that. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But they got like, uh, like these like frail little bodies, right? And they're kind of like floating off of these little mechanical mm-hmm. stands, and they have like little little wheels underneath them, and then like big arms, kind of popping off the sides. And they're pulling out. Yeah. So I'm holding one up right now. YouTube.com/slash Paint Bravely the podcast. I gotta throw that out there. If you are just listening to this on audio, we do have a video feed of both Brett and I talking uh, over over the internets because we don't live near each other at all. But I'm holding up a model right now, and you can kind of see it's like this mechanical contraption holding this little dude up, and he's got tubes all over him. I just thought these looked really cool because it's kind of like like little zombie guys that are barely being kept alive. And there's just these like almost Victorian looking mechanical pieces 
that they built so they can get around. And Jeremy, I think that's really cool. Jeremy, so. Jeremy, Jeremy. I know, right? <laughs> it, it feels exactly like what, something he'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, but I dig it. There's some really cool models in the line, um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to painting them. I still haven't, like okay. I said, but, you know. Uh, I'm also putting some of these in a, an upcoming video, so I kind of have to. <laughs> so I've yeah, been, that's the plan. I've been printing some of the models from Strife, and that faction. The mm. thing it most reminds me of is the movie The Ritual. So that's a uh, about hikers okay. in like far rural Sweden, I think. But anyway, like way out in the woods of Sweden. And then all of a sudden they're they're dealing with a monster, and the monster in that movie is look at the best way I can describe it is a moose, but instead of a moose head, it's like a little baby head and little baby arms, and it's it's way scarier than that sounds. Like it's 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 incredibly scary. Um, so anyway, that's my faction strife, uh, moose with little baby arms. So. So according to D&D, this is a boos. <laughs> it probably has a name, but yeah. It probably does. But the, the little baby arms are strong. It can, like, pick people up, but yeah. Right. They got a strong hand. Just real strong. But yeah, there's, little, there's a, little like, the first moment up. you actually see the monster, because, yeah, I mean, the for, for, like, the first half of the movie, it's just all creepy and what's going on. And then all of a sudden, this monster just like mm-hmm. peeks out from around a tree, and it's just like these little. <laughs> <laughs> I see this like a little baby hand crawling around a corner, like pulling out some uh, doll uh, head, like. Uh, back. Please leave uh, below in on? the comments what you thought of the movie <laughs> The Ritual. That, that yeah, and the then ritual. you look into Idols of Torment because you can play as the Ritual, but they call it Strife in that game. Yeah. Right, but you got your. But your, I'm telling you, the, the moose with baby hands, he's doing some serious reaping of yeah. souls. Like that is what he was made to do. Huh. Huh. I'm, I'm gonna have to go back through my my STLs and uh, pick that one out special because that sounds <laughs> pretty incredible. <laughs> oh man, it's only only something that Jeremy could get away with too. Like if somebody else came out, he'd be like, "What are you doing?" It doesn't make sense. It's like, no, this makes perfect sense. It does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what else have you been up you to? Talk I feel about like Conquest, I still... Casey? You finished assembling I mean, yeah, your Conquest. Yeah, yeah, you were all excited yeah. about it. I did. I, well, I am. I am excited about it. I finished building my Conquest. And I got to tell you, as nice as the kits are, it took me the stupidest amount of time to put together these uh, Old Dominion Legionnaires, right? And it's like, they don't seem that difficult on paper. And it's like, okay, there's a front, there's a back, there's some legs, you know, a little foot that attaches. the heads are three pieces. You got the it's head. like face, back of the helmet, they, they top are. of the plume. So, so I mean, there's a few little yes, things like, okay, this is more pieces yeah. than, it, than it might need to be, but... Yeah, and as far as like cleanup work goes, that that was a little bit of a pain, like the plumes and the heads, because they're they're kind of mm-hmm. small, right? So trying to hold those, and they're half of the size, right? It's the front mm-hmm. half of the face. That was a little bit of a pain. Uh, mold lines weren't terrible; they're like one scrape and they're gone, kind of thing. 
Um, so I didn't really have any issues with that so much, but man, I don't know. It just took me forever. It was like a good solid, like four or five days of work of like, I sat down for like three or four hours at a time and it wasn't done yet. Right. So that kind of killed me a little bit. It's like hurt my soul. Cause I was like excited about this. Right. And I hate that more than anything It's building models. Cause I want to get yeah, to the painting yeah, yeah. part. Right. That's my goal. And so when I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get this kid out, like I'm literally thinking in my head, I'm going to be painting this tonight. I'm going to be putting paint down. And that is that has not been the case. So I've been a little disappointed. Now that all being said, I bought two more boxes, not of those, but of different models uh, from that army. I bought the horses, like a legion of, of horses. There's like three of them in a box and they're a, a unit. And another one of the... Uh, like single leader guys because uh, it breaks down to where you have to have a specific leader to take certain troops and all that that business and it makes sense it's one of those things um, so I needed one to bring the horses in right the horses took me all of 45 minutes to put together right. no problem and I just thought it was kind of insane how like the the difference between one kit and the yeah. other like that's that's I that's a think, big difference. That's that's I worth. I think mentioning. that may be the case for any model line, but yeah, I I have also been putting together some conquest minis, and I also had that experience of like, wow, these legionaries doesn't seem like they're that many bits, but they're taking a long time to put together. And then uh, I was also putting together some of the orcs, and those those went together reasonably fast. I mean, roughly the same number of bits, but for whatever reason, they seem to be going together a lot faster. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, I did want to remember to give a shout out to the 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 orcs, the Wadroon from from Conquest. If you just want mm -hmm. some some cool generic orc fighters, I mean, they are a larger scale, but it's orcs, so you can have them be big orcs. That's fine. Yeah. Um. The yeah. The Braves slash Blooded kit. Like the close combat orcs, that's actually a pretty cool kit of orcs. They're not, they're not perfect. There's a there's a few gaps like on the shoulders that are, you know, going to take a little bit of work. But just as a a new take on orcs that have, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of dynamic poses, a lot of really cool weapons and, and cool equipment. As just a shout out, like if you need some generic orcs, conquest orcs. I don't like the slinger kit as much. The nice. slingers and the javelin throwers I don't like as much, mm -hmm. but like the close combat orcs, nice. Yeah, that makes sense because you get what is it like a weapon in each hand kind of. Some thing? of them are, and they that same kit also has mm -hmm. I think spear in one hand and shield in the other. But yeah, a, oh. a lot of their more recent kits do have the the option. Like it's a dual kit of you can have a unit of this or yeah. a unit of that. And so, yeah. yeah, which which I actually appreciate quite a bit because it leaves a lot of leftover, you know, good quality mm -hmm. plastic, um, which, you know, I've, I've put together kits that have had stuff left over that are not the best quality plastic. And it's like, I don't know if I want to keep these like, are they mm -hmm. worth keeping? But the uh, that polystyrene plastic man, like it's valuable and having just an absolute ton of leftover bit. Like I ended up with a bag of bits left over at the end. And it's like, okay, this feels good. Like, I feel like I'm getting 
you know, my money's right. worth, I suppose. Well, it's, um, yeah. it's also nice if you're kind of sampling the line. Like if you're a little conquest curious over there yourself, you can buy one yeah. box and make, you know, six of one variant, six of the other. And in some cases that are fairly different models, like the, Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the difference between uh the, the orc slinger and the orc javelin thrower, there actually is a fair bit of difference there. Um, but it's mm-hmm. it's kind of nice as like a little taster kit, as yeah, giving you the little taste of two different units for for one box. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they they do literally have taster, which is isn't that what they're actually yeah. called? <laughs> I wish they were a little bit cheaper, but yeah, that is something that I have not seen other companies do, which is really cool. Where, so okay, if you mm-hmm. buy a set of whatever twelve legionnaires, it might be like three identical sprues with kind of enough stuff to make four on each. So Conquest is selling these yeah. taster kits that are like one sprue from this kit, one sprue from this kit, and then like a like a leader so it might be a total of nine miniatures but you can make a total basically like five different units like uh mm-hmm. which which is pretty cool yeah yeah well and I, my my assumption with those kits and why they're like 50 bucks is that i think that probably brings in most of what you need to do their skirmish game it possibly yeah, that's that's what. I'm, but also, I'm I think guessing, they, right? like I think you, they sell those, one. especially the resin leaders. I think they price their leaders at pretty close to thirty bucks anyway. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they do. Um, although I do, I do have it on fairly good word that they're replacing all of their resin. They seem with to be plastic. Yeah, yeah, which in some ways is that's good news. It is good news, but in terms of resin kits. I've actually been really impressed with the Conquest resin. Like the It's pretty nice, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've put together a couple of their resin kits now and like they fit together very well. Nice tight joints everywhere, ton of detail, not too much flashing. So like as far mm-hmm. as resin kits go, I'm surprisingly <laughs> impressed with that. <laughs> um yeah and also i think uh for a lot of them they did a good job with the poses to make them durable poses so that's that's a good way to put it actually uh, there's i think several of the human officers are in the process of drawing their sword so it's like they have their their sword sheath is is on their belt and they have a hand on the hilt of their sword and they're drawing it but what Mm. that does is it gives you know, it's it's an action pose. They're doing something, but it also gives multiple points of contact, and you don't just have like a flimsy resin yeah. sword sticking out, ready to break off. Which is good thinking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They like so a lot of the the I don't know if it's I should say newer ones, but the the one that I've worked on is a funky pose. Okay, that doesn't okay. make a lot of sense. That that dwarf. The Dwayg home hold Ray, right? Because he's like, he's just standing there, and like they put nice details on there. It's like a nice piece of resin, but the way that it was put together or sculpted makes it seem really weird. Like when you look at it at first, you're not 100% sure what it actually is. 
and I've I've heard that from multiple people. They're just like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. You know? Like I when I painted it, I tried to bring attention to those things to be like, Oh, that's recognizable. I see what's happening yeah. here. Um and they did fix those issues that I had with it with their new plastic kit. But I that's why I was I was thinking it's a good point that you're making is they made them more durable. Yeah. Right? Like the thing's probably not gonna break. He's like a stump with you know, he's standing there, just kinda hanging out. So yeah, that actually makes yeah. a lot of sense. Like maybe they were going for some durability in like a line of troops kind yeah. of thing. You know. Yeah, there's Yeah. Conquest is interesting. There's some stuff I really like. There's there's definitely some stuff I don't like. Like uh, we were talking the other day about their bases. They're like twenty five millimeter bases with these thirty eight millimeter scale troops, especially. Yeah, you thought yeah. Space Marines was bad, like on twenty five. Especially the orcs kit. <laughs> the those are big orcs that are supposed to be on 25 millimeter bases. And also if you're playing the, the rank and flank game where they're, they're on their movement trays, it is hard to get all those works to stand together. And if they're standing separately, it's mm-hmm. pretty easy to knock them over because <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> the center of mass isn't quite where you want it. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've definitely heard that a lot too is that the the actual center of mass on most of the models is not in the right spot they're going to fall Mm -hmm. over and even even some of the newer like old dominion stuff like the ghosty guys right i think you put together a few of those they're like really leaning forward i think i glued most of them well like moved them back in the back right of the 25 millimeter base um we were talking about like ways that they could actually fix that um, because that's something I think they might have have an issue with later, right? So what what did we end up deciding? It was you just replace the movement trays with uh, yeah, like thirty two mil bases or something, and same yeah. size so, or something like that. I forget what it was. Like ideally, we would rewind the clock three or four years or whatever, and do everything on thirty five millimeter bases, forty millimeter bases. Uh, you know. <laughs> Like 40 right. to be safe, yeah. Um, but since we can't do that, I think one possibility is is at least for the rank and flank game, change the the movement trays because the way it's done is that they're these movement trays that are they're two by two in, in terms of two models by two models. I, I think they might yeah. actually be like three inches or something total like that. So, but anyway, um, something like that, yeah. They can just make the that two by two square bigger, and and still have the the four divots in the movement tray, but just have those divots a little bit farther away from each other. And yeah. there there might there might be some tweaking in in terms of like how far the block of of minis can move. I, I have we haven't totally thought through like how this would affect the game, but just making cheaply available almost just bigger movement trays i think might be the the easiest answer to this but i i do think they kind of screwed up if you're measuring from i think the bases are too small i think they did kind of screw up on that one so yeah well i mean just just in the in terms of numbers right you're literally talking about a 38 millimeter yeah Yeah. scale model on a 25 millimeter right. base. 
Uh, it's not quite right. Like, it, it no, it, like it's not yeah. going to to fit exactly right, and they're gonna fall over, and that's that's yeah. what ends up happening. At um, um at Gen yeah. Con, the demo game, uh, all the minis I was were using had washers glued to the bottom of the bases, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 ugly. Yeah, I mean, I thought about magnetizing they had to everything. Resort to that, but uh, might be the. That right. is the easiest solution to the problem they have going for the skirmish game. Yeah. yeah, other than literally telling people, okay, here's the pack of, you know, trays you have to use now. <laughs> like, we're switching over. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think they could get away with it. They could do it and just be like, hey, we made this decision. This makes a lot more sense. People are probably going to be happy about it. Yeah, maybe you got to spend 20, 30 bucks on new trays or something. I, like, that doesn't seem that far no, that that sounds doable but the i think it would be much harder to all of a sudden start selling 35 millimeter bases because that would be a lot harder for people to play with each other like like for yeah. if you swap out the trays like one of one player just has to bring a bunch of trays with them and both players can immediately be playing on the same size tray but if yeah. one person rebases to, you know, 35 millimeter bases and the other person has 25 millimeter bases, that could be a problem. That, that becomes be an issue. Yeah. Now, I mean, if if that's what we're saying, if the trays mm-hmm. are the same, then it doesn't matter. If the bases are different, that's an issue. I mean, only if the trays are then yeah, also I, different for that I follow specific you. reason. I follow you. I don't know if anyone at home is following matter. either of us, but I follow you, Casey. <laughs> we're just talking about this, this super yeah. like specific thing. But if we're doing this and yeah. yeah, we got we got one person who's sitting there like I I know what you're talking. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, twenty five millimeters or twenty five <laughs> tiny inches. That's the question. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer tiny. Tiny inches. <laughs> yeah. I did think that was pretty smart. Hey, you're a smart guy, I Casey. That's good. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't fully congratulated you on your move. I'm excited for you. I'm excited to, to see your new workspace and, and possibly put some numbers on it. Maybe we'll, we'll go down the list of pros and cons mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. you're installed there, but that's, that's only a, f- a few weeks away well, at this point, I mean, right? Oh man, I'm. Uh, we're signing papers on the twenty first of this month, so yeah, in like a week and a half or something. It's very very soon. Um, uh, thank you, though. I appreciate that. Um, I can tell you that the actual workshop is is pretty cool. Um, so it's a three car garage. Uh, the two car garage portion is basically like a, I don't know, somebody made it like a workout studio or somebody was like in there a lot. Um, there's a heater, there's an air conditioner, it's all separate, uh, thermostat. And, uh, the dude that built it or that, you know, paid somebody else to build it, uh, ran air lines, air hose lines through all the walls. So there are regulators coming out in a couple of spots in the actual building so i i'm good to go for airbrushing <laughs> yeah I, that's that's all nice. that's in there right now 
I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. I need ideas, though. I do need ideas, because there's a lot of space. It's a lot more space than I have now. It's going to be you interesting. You will fill it up easily. I, I know. That's the stuff. But that's thing. awesome. I'm excited for you. We'll check back in. We'll check back it. in. Let us know how that's going. Yeah, I'm going to tell you how terrible it is to move. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. But but two weeks after that is going to be great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that'll be the follow-up. I've been icing my back for the past two weeks. and <laughs> How uh, many models survived didn't get the anything trip? Done. <laughs> that'll, that'll be the thing. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll keep track of how many things I broke along the way. How many models didn't make it that I now can legitimately make a video about like i'm gonna repair all the broken stuff that i broke when i moved and that's that's my justification for That'd making a an fun easy one. video yeah 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 <laughs> it just glued stuff back together reviewing all minutes. of the fragile stuff that broke during my move yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> pulling it out one one at a time nice. uh, most of the stuff i have i put in like clear bins and i already know that there's some broken stuff I snapped like the the top off of a an orc guy when I put the lid on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not good. I'm not looking forward to opening all of that stuff back up. Right now, it's like uh, they might as well not be broken because I can't see them. So I'll just I'll just keep that in my head for now. Worry about the damage later. All right. Well, let's wrap it up here, Casey. That sounds good. Thank you again for joining us on another episode of Paint Bravely. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, subscribing to the YouTube channel, and sharing this message with your hobby friends. And as always, we appreciate each and every one of you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time.